Welcome back to Journalistic Integrity. My name is Robert Murphy and the unlikely hero, Reese Beekman. The Beekster hits the game-winning three and the Wahoos top the orange 72-69 and Reese Beekman had been struggling all game, only has nine made threes all season. Syracuse was giving him that shot all day and he couldn't hit it. But in that final possession, Kihei Clark drives, defense collapses on him, and he finds a wide-open Beekman on the right wing, nothing but net, right at the buzzer. It wasn't one of those buzzer beaters that you make with like three seconds left. This was right as the buzzer was going off. The shot was going through the net, and the Wahoos advanced the semifinals. Unbelievable game. Always exciting to beat Syracuse, especially after what they did to us in 2016. And I started getting flashbacks when we were turning the ball over late in the second half. But if you think about it, so our last time in the postseason was 2019 when we won the championship. So our last four postseason games have been Purdue in the Elite Eight with the Diakite floater, Final Four against Auburn with Cal Guy making those three free throws. And then the championship against Texas Tech where DeAndre Hunter hit the corner three to tie it up, and then we would go on to win in overtime. And then this past game, beating Syracuse at the buzzer. Who says Virginia basketball is boring? Because our past four postseason games is probably the most exciting four-game postseason stretch in college basketball history, or from what I can remember in my lifetime. But let's go over the game. Let's start in the first half. And it was clear they were getting the ball to Buddy Beheim early and often. I thought Beekman did a pretty good job contesting. But the Syracuse players, Beheim, Griffin, they were all really good at making tough shots. And they did that throughout the first half. The ball movement was really good. They're getting these long rebounds and playing with extreme confidence. I remember one guy, uh, I can't remember his name. He wasn't one of the main guys, but he got a – long rebound right at the wing and just picked it up and jacked up a three and made it. And so these guys were playing extremely confidently, a lot of energy. They weren't rusty like UVA was. UVA hadn't played in five, six days. Syracuse obviously played yesterday. And the offensive rebounds really killed us. Some tough shot making. And uh, UVA was a little stagnant on offense, but I still thought like we were getting pretty good shots. I really like Kihei in the middle of that zone. Uh, those passes where he kicks it out, we were getting open shots. And Beekman had a few of those that just weren't going in. So we go to the end of the first half, and I think this is a pretty important stretch for us because we were only down three at half, but it could have easily been 12, 15 points if a couple of ours rim out. And, and they had a couple open looks too that they ended up missing. But Bayon hits a three. And then uh, they get a free throw. So it's 37-26 late in the first half. Uh, Hauser hits one of those really tough fadeaway twos. Then Huff gets an alley-oop and one. And then Hauser hits a three. That makes it 39-36 uh, with a minute left. And then nobody scores the rest of the way, although Hauser, his, uh, buzzer, his uh, shot at the buzzer at the end of the first half almost went in, which would have been awesome. But – down three going into the first half, and Syracuse had 10 assists on their 13 field goals, which just shows they were moving it really well. They're getting those classic like drive, and they have their forward uh, 
Griffin go baseline and they get those alley-oop dunks. I thought Huff, I've never had seen a defensive player where they're a good defensive player, they block a ton of shots, but at the same time, they're also not great at defense and rebounding and not the most physical player. Like usually if you got a guy that's going up blocking shots and all that, they're also like a great rebounder and really physical, but that's not the case with Huff. So the first half was all about second chances for Syracuse. Missed shots by us. Beekman, it looked like he lost all confidence in his shot. Uh, he began after he missed those first two, and one of those was was real bad, just grazed, grazed the rim. From that point on in the first half, he was not looking to shoot at all. He would get it, look at the rim briefly, but it was a lot of fidgeting and just kind of awkward looking. So UVA was down three at halftime, never had the lead in the first half, but I was still feeling okay because we were three of 16 from three and Syracuse was making a bunch of tough shots. And I did not think that that was going to last all 40 minutes, which it did not. And going back to the threes, it was a three fest for the Hoos. We were jacking them this game. I think we shot 35 three-pointers. So we shot 16 in the first half and then 19 in the second half. We made 11, so I think that's right around 32%. Uh, so we come out at the beginning of the second half, and those first few minutes are really important to set the the tone for the rest of the game. And Murph comes out, hits a three, then Hauser hits a three, and that caps off a 16-2 to two run that uh, started at the end of the first half. And so we finally got our first lead, but Syracuse would not go away. Beheim was hitting threes. Um, they're still getting some rebounds here and there. They have, you know, Griffin and, and the paint, and they, they always had an answer, and we were never able to extend a lead. And I think our largest lead was six points, which happened late in the game when we had that 67-61 lead. But a couple things I wanted to point out, Wolden Tensai came in, had a few big threes right when we needed him to. Uh, he did in the first half, and I think he hit one in the second half. And, you know, when his shot's going in, it's one of the, the prettier ones to see go through the net. And another thing I wanted to mention, Justin McCoy, a guy the past two, three weeks that has really come out and played well. He played 12 minutes and was our second leading rebounder. Played 12 minutes, six rebounds, bunch of bunch of offensive rebounds. His first play, I think he came in at the 12-minute mark. He came in and immediately got an offensive rebound and, and finished at the rim. He, he was pushing guys around. There's a certain physicality that McCoy has that I really like, and I think the team really benefits from because we don't always have that with our regular front court. Going back to Reese Beekman, um, so his three wasn't going in, and obviously his defense is really good. We've talked about that a bunch. Another thing that I really like about him is despite him not being able to make shots, he was starting to create plays for other people. And I remember one play specifically, I think it was tied at 56, about midway through the second half. He drives, and I think this was a set play, but he drives on the left baseline, and then he turns around and just passes it immediately without even really looking. And there's Hauser that is streaking over to that left corner gets the pass and drills the three. And that was an awesome play. And cool to see Beekman creating a play, staying engaged when he's not making his shots. Okay, so we go to the final 155 left in the game. UVA is up 67-61. A lot of fan bases would be pretty pumped up at this point, but 
We've seen this too many times as UVA fans, these late leads, the pressure, especially against Syracuse, the 2016 one and the Elite Eight. Don't need to bring that back up, but there's also another game that I was at in Greensboro. I think it was like 2010, 2011, where UVA had a 10-point lead with about 80 seconds left against Miami, and we blew that game. And that was pretty traumatizing. That was I couldn't believe it felt like I was in, you know, just stuck in this nightmare loop of turnovers on full court pressure, followed by like a McClinton three for Miami. And then Zaglinski uh, is bad. That was uh, Mustafa Farrakhan's senior year. But anyway, so, you know, we feel good, but we're still pretty worried. And they score, turnover, score, and we're like, great. It's a two-point game in the blink of an eye. And so we're up two and with about a minute left. We don't have a guy that can just grab the ball, ISO, and create or get a shot. Like Hauser kind of needs to be in a spot. Kihei can't get a shot off. Murph still isn't great off the dribble. So that second to last possession was not good. So we ended up Murph jacking up a three right as the shot clock uh, was in the last couple seconds. It got blocked and then ended up being a shot clock violation. So we're down two. And at the late in the game, Jamie Lucky was just calling fouls all over the place. And so Beheim does a crossover. Murph, a little bit of contact. They call it a foul. They're in the one-on-one. Beheim knocks, knocks both of them down. So UVA's got the ball, 20 seconds left. Uh, I've kind of got the worst scenario in my mind where we shoot it with like eight seconds left, and then uh, Syracuse dribbles down, and like Girardi does that uh, that play that Notre Dame did to Wake where you dribble in, then you toss it backwards to a three-point shooter stepping into rhythm. Uh, it's what uh, Villanova did to UNC in that championship a few years ago. That's kind of what was playing in my mind. But instead, much better play call, much better execution. And Hauser tries going right, kind of stuff, gives it to Clark, who knows immediately what to do when he gets the ball. He drives right when he catches it, and he's able to get past his guy, get in the middle of that defense. They collapse, and they've been leaving Beekman open all game. But Reese this time knocks it in and UVA gets the W. And it was awesome to see the freshmen that have been struggling step up and make the shot when it matters most. I mean, that was that was a Hollywood script guy that hasn't been playing well uh, offensively making shots. But I mean, everything else he has been good at. So when I say he's not playing well, it's only in terms of is he actually making shots, which I guess is pretty important in basketball. But anyway, he makes it. UVA goes wild and we advance. And I kind of felt like we got the monkey off our back with Syracuse. They threw us uh, their best punches in the first half. We still responded, responded. Turnovers on the pressure, we still responded. We had one turnover on that pressure late. We didn't have a second one. We called timeouts when we needed to right before the five count. It wasn't pretty, but we still got it. We still got the job done. And so, we advance to the semifinals. And then we go to the uh, under five minutes. And so Bayheim hits a three for Q's. So tied at 59. And then this is where we get to Murph territory and talk about it all the time. You need that third score. So is it going to be Kihei? We got Hauser and Huff. We know they're going to get us, you know, 18 a pop. Is it going to be McCoy? Is it going to be Clark? 
or is it going to be Murph, who who is that guy in the middle of the season, but is tailed off a little bit? Um, and he hit this stretch where with 330 left, he hits a three. So we're up three. Then he hits another three, the next possession with 250 left. And when we go up 65, 61, and then Hauser hits that really tough jumper, and we go up 67, 61. And after that Hauser jumper, I saw a ton of emotion coming out of the Hoos, especially Hauser, who never shows any emotion and he's screaming and it was awesome to see those guys let out the emotion and just show how much juice and energy they got in this team. So looking to our next game, which is tomorrow evening at six 30, we play the winner of Miami and Georgia tech. That game's going on right now. Um, so obviously we'd rather play Miami. They're, I think they're the 13 seed. Georgia Tech's the four seed. Georgia Tech. So we've played Georgia Tech twice. We've played Miami once. So we played Georgia Tech on January 23rd. And that was a really close game. Georgia Tech had the lead throughout. And then we kind of came back in the last few minutes and we won 64 62. And they had, I think it was DeVoe, that lefty for Georgia Tech, had a pretty good look at a three at the buzzer to win it in JPJ, but it did not go in. And then a couple weeks after that, on February 6th, we went on the road and beat them 57-49. Another pretty close one. They're a scrappy team. I mean, Jose Alvarado is always giving UVA fits, doing that guitar move right in our face. They have Moses Wright, who won the ACC Player of the Year. I was kind of shocked by that. Um, But I get it. His stats were good, and Georgia Tech definitely – outperformed their expectations this year and I wanted Hauser to get it but you know coming into the year we kind of wanted 18 19 points per game out of him and he was certainly giving us that the last few weeks but there's some moments couple weeks stretches throughout the season where he wasn't putting up the best numbers and I think he only I think he averages just a shade under 16 a game so that's us against Georgia Tech and then against Miami uh, this was March 1st, so this was just 10 days ago. We beat them 62-51. Sloppy game in the first half. It was kind of back and forth, and we ended up winning by 11, but Miami didn't play very well. We didn't play well at all. That was one of the uglier UVA games um, in the past couple of years, and that was at home senior night. So that was still us you know, dusting, dusting ourselves off after that three-game losing streak and just getting back in the win column. So obviously we'd rather have Miami get the upset. Probably won't happen. Probably a third time against Georgia Tech. And, you know, you hear this all the time. It's tough to beat a team three times. We get that. Um, But, hey, I mean, we're going to get Georgia Tech's best shot. They have 80 minutes of film matching up against us. So it should be a good one against them. So that wraps it up. Um, As always, going to be doing recordings after Virginia games, we've got Landrum coming up in a few days, either after the this this next game or the game after that. And then we're going to have Rob Bazinelec coming up right before the NCAA tournament. So be looking out for those. And I will talk to you guys tomorrow after the semifinal games. Hopefully another win for the Hoos. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow.